To micro queers it's your bi-weekly queer horror short roundup and i'm joe and i'm trace and we're doing another little bizarre short this week joe <laughs> <laughs> we sure know how to pick them don't we no i mean it's honestly i actually really enjoyed this one quite a bit um i definitely understood it more than the last one um like without having to do a little bit of extra research but um yeah so we're talking john clayton's schism everybody and uh it is an animated queer thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as they say on YouTube, it is a surreal short. So, folks, if you haven't had the chance to check it out, Schism follows Kevin, a man who has trouble being physical with his boyfriend publicly. Kevin is riddled with intimacy issues that propel him to a grotesque world where his alter ego is constantly attempting to free him. Straight or gay, Schism is the story about the fear of commitment in relationships. See, I had actually read the last bit of that only, so about the fear of commitment in relationships, and so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. But, like, I didn't read the part about, you know, the public displays of affection. Mm-hmm. And so watching it, I was like, oh, there's so many good... Okay, it's like, let's get into this. So Let's do it, yeah. This story takes place in two different locations, right? We've got the real world, mm-hmm. and then we've got... The it's inside, inside of his, his brain. brain. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's like very trippy animation style, especially once we're inside the brain. It's very like, I mean, I feel like you're on acid watching some of this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It definitely reminds me of anime style. It does. But then the way it kind of personifies like thoughts. Um, I, I know mm-hmm. like it's not the same, but like, I, and we've talked about this before, but I've been watching Big Mouth recently on Netflix and they personify okay. a lot of mental illnesses like anxiety and depression and stuff via right. like anthropomorphic like creatures and monsters and stuff. And mm-hmm. so this one, I think for me, it was when they were walking around, the, the couple was walking around public and the brain thing around him like all the eyes appeared and it's just like i thought that was a really really cool way to illustrate like how stressful that can be for some because honestly as queer folks like that is something especially depending on where you live that you kind of have to think about on a daily basis yep this is something that always people like um forget you know like if you've never had to worry about like publicly showing affection towards your partner it's just it's a terrible experience yeah and what i love is that in the short this happens after we've gotten I mean, again, we're, we're talking about animated sex. Yes. <laughs> but like, it's not shying away from what it's trying to do. And you're like, okay, so these are two gentlemen who clearly find each other physically appealing. They have a good connection. Like you can see them looking in each other's eyes and like, they seem very satisfied. And then immediately after that, they're out in public. And oh, okay, so this is the public private divide. And it's so hard sometimes. Like, I don't know about you, but even in a very liberal, progressive location, I don't always feel comfortable with PDAs. Like, I don't want to hold hands in public because I don't want to invite that kind of 
trigger from other people. No, I mean, I understand. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a little bit different for me, but, like, my husband and I are not very, like, physically affectionate. Like, I mean, you know, we are, like, when, like, we're being intimate with each other. But, like, we're not really the kind of couple that, we're not really the kind of couple that, like, oh, we're just sitting on the couch watching TV. We're going to, like, oh, we're going to lean into each other or we're going to, like, just hold hands. We're not super touchy-feely like that outside of Ah. the bedroom. Right. That being said, I mean, there have been times where, you know, we've had instances like that. And granted, we also live in a very liberal area, which is Austin, Texas. But, you know, we've been in a town about 60 miles outside of Austin, and it was a sports slash karaoke bar. Mm-hmm. And I remember I leaned in to kiss him, and uh, my husband, like, pulled away because he was, like, not right. here. Because it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, yeah, like, if you're in a small town, you don't know who's around or who's going to mm-hmm. want to kill you for showing that you're queer in public. Yeah. I was looking at some of the comments on this short and one of the users did like almost a second by second rundown of like, this is what happens. This is what it means. And I, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the time and the inclination to go through it in quite that great a detail. <laughs> but one part that really stuck out was the emphasis on the lockers that are like implanted in the brain kind of sequences. And at one point when Kevin finally frees himself, the lockers start to float up in the air. But previous to that, there's eyes inside the lockers. Suggest- there's eyes everywhere. <laughs> Size ever. There's eyes, there's tongues. What looks to me like Beetlejuice sandworms that are inside his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a great visualization. Like the lockers for me are very much not just the voyeurism, but also to me, it connotes uh, a traumatic experience that happened in high school where mm-hmm. you either got locked inside the locker or you feel oh. like you were never free from those kinds of eyes. And... That's a little tropey, right? I feel like in a lot of like 80s movies, like the, the nerd or the outcast gets put in the mm-hmm. locker. But that, that, that I didn't even pick up on that. And that was something where you know, I only watched this short once, but that's something where... There's a, you know, there's a lot going on visually and yes. symbolically, and so yeah. it's not possible to pick up on everything on one viewing, yep. but I, I really like that reading of it. I was very much into the brainstem, like the matrixy type plug-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read it just as like your brain controls you. Like even though like you want to like let loose and be free, like you your whatever history or trauma or whatever you have is constantly tethered to you and will not let you go and won't let you do certain things. Yeah, I was interested because initially I thought it was going to be that he was struggling to let go of a past relationship, like he was tethered to something. Mm. And then I realized over time that it was like, oh, it's actually a manifestation of his own issues. And I loved the symbolism of like the bust of the boyfriend with the chains and the lock and he's slowly breaking it down. But see, that that, that to me was also like, okay... And again, it's a generalization, but like, I feel like in the gay, the cisgender gay male community specifically, it's very much not super monogamous, it's not, which is fine, but it's also like, there's not a lot of commitment. And granted, obviously mm-hmm. that exists, you and I are both, mar- we're both married, right. but generally speaking, like there is, it's very much a love is free, like don't, don't get locked down in a relationship. And so I, that, that, that to me is what that statue represented with the chains and locks around it. So like if he touched it, or if he went to it, he was just going to be locked down and suffocated. Hmm. He, he perceived that he was going to be. Oh, interesting. Okay. I definitely took it as trying to free the bust would allow him to have overcome his issues with public displays of affection and actually committing himself to this person. And that's what he's trying to get to. So it's like each individual action gets him one step closer to acceptance. 
I don't disagree with you. I just, um, I think to me what was kind of like feeding into my perception, like that particular reading of it was when they merge faces. I thought we were going to get a much less happy ending with it because, again, I'm watching this thinking, okay, the bust is symbolic of being trapped in, like, this one Hmm. relationship. Okay. And so merging was, like, again, his worst fear came true where it's, like, in a group of friends, if someone starts, like, dating someone and then it's, like, oh, it's always, like, Trace and Andrew. It's never just Trace. It's a we now. It's never an I. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's... Again, depending on how you're looking at it, if you're looking at this like from a queer specific angle, like and like with the eyes and stuff, like I, I can get that one reading. But then the other one I see is like again when you're talking about a fear of commitment, it's like okay, well, why are people afraid of commitment? Mm-hmm. At least internally, not even based on external stimuli. Right. But then of course, with the ending we get with the hand holding fetus, I'm gonna call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took that to be like we're moving into a new phase of the relationship. Obviously, this is a very, very phallic imagery, so it kind of looks like somewhere between a penis and a mushroom, but you've got, like, pulsing red veins going up the stem. (laughs) A lot of sounds, too. Yeah, it's very intense sound design on this. Yeah. I mean, it really transports you into the world of the film. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those things where I think animation has the capacity to do things that live action, like, can you imagine this as live action? It would probably be extremely disgusting. Whereas here you're like, oh, it's beautiful and uncomfortable and uncanny, but it's really easy to get lost in the visuals as well, like to really just sink into them. Yeah, and it, it's also like a lot of body horror, right? Because we're literally yeah. inside his brain. It was reminding me a lot of, um. have you ever seen Akira? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. it reminds me a lot of Tetsuo's transformation in Akira, and it's just like, ugh, ugh. Like, mm-hmm. it's very uncomfortable. It's very odd. Like, I feel like yeah. you're, like, invading. I mean, the first shot we get in the in this short is of his brain, and there's, like, hair on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever it is, like, spikes or something. <laughs> it's icky and visceral, and I kind of love how just the visual style alone can connote so many emotions and discomfort. Yeah. We've had two back-to-back weeks now. Uh, or, sorry, we've had two back-to-back micro-queer entries. Right where they're just very sensory. Like, I'm feeling a lot of things from these shorts. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, this one was easier an easier pill for me to swallow than Flesh was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. because it's definitely a more straightforward narrative. Yeah. And I felt like, for me, the, the metaphor was easier for me to grasp onto. Sure. Yeah. But that could also be because I'm a gay man, and I'm not a mm-hmm. queer person of color, you know? Right. Yeah, but and also you hate punk, so I really hate <laughs> I was punk. An immediate barrier. <laughs> Don't hate. It's just not for me. Not my cup oh, of tea. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I do hate it, kind of though. I'm a rule follower at heart. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. The only other thing, I, this is not even thematic at all, but I, the shower sex really perturbed me because um, I don't know about you, oh. I don't like shower sex. Um, water dries oh. everything out, and right. it is not my cup of tea. Specifically, when it comes to anal sex, I do not understand shower sex. <laughs> right. I was going to say, there's plenty of fun to be had in the shower, but oh, I yeah. wouldn't go that route See, for okay. a shower sex scene. <laughs> I, it depends on the size of the shower, because, like, okay, fucking no, it dries everything <laughs> out. But, like, I've also been, like, where, you know, you're, like, rimming someone in the shower, and the water's just running off their back into your face, and you're so you're, like, smothering on the hole while also getting, like, a face full of white. It's just too much. I don't need the water. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need that rainforest shower, man, so you can just get around it. Uh, I 
I just want to get cold sometimes. Oh. I'm trying to do things that I'm like, I, I just need a little hit of the water because if not, I'm going to get cold. I don't have a big shower, so it's basically one of those like bathtub shower duel things. So like, you have to like switch places with your partner. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to be under the water now. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be under the water now. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm sorry for your, your small size. Yeah, shower. no, it's, it's not. It's terrible. I, I would need a big shower. <laughs> yeah. You're a thirsty queen. You love a big shower. I get what you're trying to say, and I'm not going to feel into it. <laughs> oh, you never indulge me. It's no fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I did really like this. And I did see, so this is the third of three animated films that Clayton did for his final year at university. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. he's Canadian or European because he's saying university. <laughs> I think he lives in the U.S. now. But yeah, the language is definitely of the Commonwealth. Yes. Well, he said that he spent the most time working on this, uh, and it was continuously changing the animation, plot points changing almost weekly. So this was definitely something that evolved as he was doing it, which I think is even fascinating that it came out as streamlined as it does. It really all came together then. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an eight-minute short. So I mean, like, but again, with animation, there's like I don't want to say there's so much more work involved, but there's it's a much different type of work than if you're doing live action. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. So, would you watch a longer version of this? I would, but I don't know if I would make it feature length or if I would want like I don't know, like a thir- like a 30-minute series, but maybe tackling like different characters and different aspects of anxiety or like I guess really mental mm. illness and like kind of see how those are personified per se in the imagery of the brain. Right. Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah, I could see this as a web series where you maybe give each character each mental illness or condition eight minutes, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe that would work. I mean, again, I I could have watched a longer version of this. Yeah, if we wanted to like spend more time in that. I mean, again, like I wouldn't watch a 90. I mean, I say I wouldn't watch a 90 minute version of this. Like that's I don't know if it's good. I would watch it. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. It's hard to imagine what this would look like at more than 20 or 30 minutes. Right. Right. But I also like if it was live action, like it and like the sets of the brain were all done like practically. Could you imagine how interesting like that would look? I'm picturing, yeah, kind of like you said, early early Tim Burton Beetlejuice era, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. I, I even stop motion. Like, but again, that's also more work. <laughs> more work, but also fucking horrifying. Can you imagine this to stop motion? You would be shitting. Your oh yeah, pants. I, 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 I would be able to watch it. I couldn't do it. It's not not, not for me. <laughs> there we go. What about you? I guess you're just going to the web series. I think so. Yeah, I I had the initial same impression as you where maybe like a 20 or a 30 minute version. But I do think seeing different kinds of people or different kind of ailments would actually keep this feeling fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought of Schism. Again, this is a, a bit more um, abstract than what we've covered in the past. So I think mm-hmm. uh, it, it's going to spark a lot of conversation. Maybe even, I mean, again, I think all of us can relate to this in some shape, way or form as queer folks. Yeah. So yeah, let us know. And until next time, we can cross out schism. Yes, and cross out micro queers. Mm-hmm.